Welcome to the Enjoy Your Marriage podcast, where relationship expert and master coach Candace Toon helps you stop wondering if you married the wrong guy and start putting all of your energy toward having the marriage you imagined when you said, I do. Sup, bees? You've probably heard someone jokingly say that moms, more often than not, end up eating cold plates of dinner. People say it because there's lots of evidence of how that's true. Historically speaking, and maybe even today, moms tend to set the table, dish the food, gather the family, swap the laundry, soak the pans, add to the grocery list, and pour the dog's kibble, all before sitting down to eat their own plate of food. Which, you guessed it, is often cold by the time she gets to it. What is that about? I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad trend. There are definitely lots of reasons for the trend to be true, some of which even make sense. All I'm saying is that it's a trend worth examining. Moms eat cold dinner because they like to see their families cared for. We get a sense of satisfaction and security when everyone we love is getting everything they need. Helps us breathe a little easier when that's the case. Unfortunately, it's never the case for very long, which I'm sure you've noticed. So, is it really worth it to keep eating cold dinners if that's what you're doing? Why? Or why not? I have no idea which answer is best for you in your life. I'm totally open to the idea that sometimes cold dinner will be worth it and other times it won't. The only reason I'm bringing this up at all is because I want you to make a really conscious choice on the matter. Why? Because the more conscious you are about every choice you make, the more likely you are to have a marriage and life that you love to live in. Getting that for you is what we do all day, every day in the Defying Gravity Revolution. And helping you catch glimpses of what's possible for you in your marriage is what we do here every Sunday. So, if you've been eating cold dinner or something similar, like being the last in the family to go to bed or the first to take the less than ideal TV watching spot, you know what your cold dinner is. Make sure you're doing it on purpose for reasons that you like. And if you don't know what your reasons are, find out. It's easy to do. You just ask yourself, Why am I doing this? And be sure you're asking from a place of full curiosity without a shred of judgment. Why am I doing this? Instead of, why am I doing this? If the answer doesn't come right away, no worries. Just give your brain some quiet and some space to provide you an answer. And if the answer is still seeming a little elusive, go ahead and ask a follow-up question like, what do I think would happen if I didn't do this? Then give your brain some more quiet and some more room to hypothesize and fill you in. Maybe you write out your wonderings or your answers in the journal, if that helps you. You could also ponder while you're on the treadmill or talk it out with your sister or your bestie over tea. I am certain that your reason will become clear to you when you assume your reason is valid and you give it some space to speak. And once you've got the answer about what your reason is, you then get to decide if you like the reason or not. And pro tip. Deciding will be easier if you don't require yourself to change anything right away, because that feels like pressure. All you're doing at this stage in the game is simply telling yourself the truth about what you were doing and why. Just so you can get to know yourself a little better, because you're someone worth getting to know. And when you get to know yourself better and you're nurturing a relationship with you that's filled with fascination and love, everything, and I do mean everything, gets easier. Here's how I know. Right out of college, I worked as a direct care counselor in residential treatment with teenage girls who weren't thriving at home. Their parents sent them to Utah, hoping that these difficult girls would develop better social skills, more effective coping methods, and generally become more pleasant contributors in their families. I loved that job. Loved those girls. Even when they were refusing to do their chores, complaining about roommates, or threatening to run away. 
They were my girls, and I loved them. None of their mistakes or shortcomings could make me love them any less. I couldn't not love them. I just did. My most important job function was joining. Basically, that meant I was supposed to get to know these girls, find out what sparked their interests and what they worried about and what made them laugh. I was supposed to let each girl talk about herself and then join her in activities she enjoyed and discussions she led. The therapists on staff emphasized joining because they knew that unless these girls felt safe, accepted, and cared for, behavior and attitude changes were not likely. Change is scary for everyone, and these girls who were so far away from home would only give change a shot if they experienced a secure base to stand on as they reached to stretch themselves. They needed to know that someone would be there to catch them should they fall. That someone was meant to be me and my colleagues. We had our girls' backs as they figured out the challenge of being a human, which is a real challenge at times, right? One of my mentors, Brooke Castillo, advises that pursuing a big goal or making a big change will for sure bring up all of the ugly. She maintains it's that way for everyone. She also says that whether you're working to improve yourself or working to hide from yourself, your energy will be used up either way and either road will be paved with discomfort. The discomfort that comes from stretching and growing or the discomfort that comes from never achieving your dreams. Brooke's matter-of-fact challenge usually inspires me to invest my energy in improving myself rather than just spending energy to maintain the status quo, especially when the status quo doesn't match what I want my marriage to be. Often, I get after that work like a boss, and sometimes I really don't. I'd bet it's like that for you, too. Sometimes you're killing it, and other times you think you might actually be dying. I'm on your side no matter which end of that spectrum you're leaning toward today, and I invite you to stay on your side no matter which end of that spectrum you're leaning toward too. Because again, marriage challenges are always easier to unravel when you're on your own team. Trouble is, staying on your own team doesn't always come naturally, especially when you're offered so many invitations to abandon yourself. People all around you are probably saying things like, I know that's you don't really think that. Or, why are you always so sensitive? Or, it's not that big of a deal. He didn't mean it like that. Or, get your act together already. Or, yeah, welcome to being a grown-up. You've probably heard these messages so often that you've fallen into the habit of repeating them to yourself. Which may or may not feel great. Probably not, most of the time. So, what are you supposed to do? How can you possibly reconcile all of those comments with giving yourself the time and space to really be known? to have your feelings honored and your desires heard. I've got a little hack for you. I learned it from two authors and their two very different books. Dr. Diane Poole Heller's nonfiction research-based book, The Power of Attachment, and Colleen Hoover's novel, It Ends With Us. Quick disclaimer, It Ends With Us depicts domestic violence situations in a possibly triggering way. The story includes graphic details and adult language, so know that going in if you decide to pick it up. In The Power of Attachment, Dr. Hiller teaches the concept of identifying with what she calls a competent protector, a concept we also touched on in episode 14. The quick version is, you think of someone or something that you feel safe with and completely loved by. You can choose a real person or someone from a movie, could be a pet you loved, a spirit animal, God, someone from a book you once read, or a song that really struck you. Doesn't matter who it is or where you met them or if you've never actually met them at all. You just zone in on someone or something that you identify as pure love and safety, pure adoration and protectiveness for you. As you approach your days or your challenges, you keep your competent protector's perspective of you in mind. 
How would they talk to you about your most recent failure, your most recent success? What would they want you to have and experience? How would they advocate for your needs and your best interest? What might they say to someone who is mistreating you? Connecting with the reaction of someone who loves, adores, and wants to protect you will help you fully experience what it feels like to be loved, adored, and protected. Connecting with that experience will also help you give that love, adoration, and protection to yourself, which, of course, you deserve. In her novel, It Ends With Us, Colleen Hoover depicts another way to connect with your competent protector. The protagonist in the story, Lily, writes frequent letters to Ellen DeGeneres even though she and Ellen have never met. Lily greatly admires Ellen and also believes that Ellen wants her to be happy and feel loved. So Lily writes to Ellen without censoring herself. She shares her worries and triumphs, expecting to be warmly received. And even though her letters aren't actually received at all, at least not in a factual way, Lily gets to enjoy the experience of a consistent confidant who's always pulling for her. I've started writing letters to Zeke Braverman from Parenthood. <laughs> and let me know, let me tell you, it's working. You deserve love and protection in your life and warm dinners if you want them. So surround yourself with people who believe you deserve all of that and more. Maybe it's real people in your actual life. And if you can't find very many of those, just pick things like God or Ellen or Zeke Braverman or the dog you had as a kid or the person who coached your high school swim team or me. Whoever it is for you, invite that resource into your daily life and let them set an example for supporting you in getting and enjoying the exact life you want to have because you do deserve it. Choose courage, be and keep on flying. Sup, bees? Want even more ways to stop wondering if you married the wrong guy? Head on over to CandiceTune.com, Candice with an I, Tune with an E, and click the gold button inviting you to get the free course. You'll get four short lessons delivered straight to your inbox that'll help you create a more connected marriage before the next podcast episode drops a week from today. Happy studying!